Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Infinite Improvement Podcast with myself, Coach Christo, and Coach Andres. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about our coaching philosophy uh, in possession, so what we would want a team to do collectively with the ball. Um, we've we've both, uh, you know, come up with a with a little phrase of you know, kind of uh, our our thoughts on that. But before we talk about that, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about how even though we might have some ideas about um, what we would want a team to do with the ball, this is obviously very dependent on the players that we have, the team that we're coaching. Um, because, you know, uh, I see I see a lot. Of, one, one thing that annoys me a lot is when I see a coach who, um, uh, and I don't know, obviously, you know, Coach Andres might disagree with me here, but um, when when I was uh, playing as a as a as a youth player, I would have coaches, um, and at that point, four four two was very much the like the the style. Yeah. Um, and I never had a coach play anything except that, and it was like you know, I I understand it in some ways, like you know, it's a very basic formation, whatever. But there were definitely moments where I was on a team where we could have played a different formation or, or just played with a different style because yeah. of the athlete, the, you know, because of the players that we had. So obviously, you know, for me, I'll never go into a team and say, this is what we're playing. This is how we're playing. And that's it. You know, yeah. it's always dependent on the players. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think um, sometimes we get caught up too much in um, the formations, like the one, four, three, whatever you want to put on it. And like, yeah, um, I was reading a coach talking about them. Like that's almost as good as a phone number. <laughs> like it, yeah. means, it means nothing. Cause in, in the, in the run of play, like if you, if you screenshot every other second, your team is playing a three, five, two or four, three, three. Uh, and so the, it's just a starting point. Um, uh, and so I think when, when I tried my best to get out of a specific um, formation to have them play from there, um, more like I, I try to give them um, some principles and a style that that I enjoy. Um, and and also it depends a lot on like what type of players do you have? You sometimes um, the players you have may not align with the style. So you're going to have to tweak it a little bit. But I think the principles, having some personal principles is very important because it connects you and the player. Yeah, I think I definitely like I've gotten away from even like saying like, four, three, three, four, like three, five, two, whatever, because yeah. like, what I'll do is I'll just set up the formation either on like a board or like with cones on the floor. Yeah. And I'll show them like, this is how we're playing. This is kind of the general setup. And then yeah. I'll move things around. Like when we're attacking though, obviously you're going to go here yeah, or yeah. maybe you'll go here. You're going to yeah. go here. Like my fullbacks are going to push up defensively. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to tuck in a little bit yeah. um, just, rather than like saying, cause like, you know, a four three three. It could be like a four two three one. It could be yeah, like a yeah, four yeah. one four one. You know, you have no idea yeah, yeah. Um, just based on that. And and obviously as well, you know, it changes in possession, out of possession. Um, in the modern game, I want all of my players to be involved when we have the ball. Um, obviously, some are going to be involved more. Some are going to be involved less. There's different responsibilities. Um, yeah. But you know, you need to if you if you can't play with the ball then you're useless for at least half the game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's actually unhealthy to start with, in my opinion, is to always start with a formation. Um, as long as, as as the player has an idea of, of the spaces on the field and, and how roles, um, what the role means for the player next to him and above, because those are probably the roles that they'll play at some point in the game whether it's covering, whether it's an overlap, you switch in positions. I think I'm more, I'm more concerned about um, their ability to problem solve in uh, different places of the field with regards to what does the rules of the game say? Like if you're near the sideline, if the goal is in the middle of the field, what does that say? How do we play with regards to that? Um, so give them some sort of framework um, and then work from there. And then we just happen to have either four center backs or three center backs or sometimes yeah. it's two center backs, you know? So. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay. So yeah, that's a, I, I like that you brought up like a uh, space because that is kind of the, the central theme of, of my little, um, you know, uh, little quote, I guess, um, about yeah. how I, how I like to encourage teams to play with the ball. Uh, very, very simple, uh, create space, take space. Mm. Um, and that's it. 
Um, obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot that I kind of feel like is encompassed in that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think like creating space is, is like what you have to do when you have possession. Right. Um, for me, it's not enough to just, um, you know, and obviously, you know, different, different people will, will definitely disagree with me on this. Uh, but for me, I care much less about, uh, keeping the ball. I care much more about creating space. I want players to, uh, create space, whether they're on the ball or off the ball. So whether that's with runs off the ball, whether that's with, you know, uh, you know, passes or, or dribbling or driving forward. Um, and then once we've created the space, I want players to take that space. You can take that space by passing. You can take that space by driving into it. Uh, but you take that space. And once you take that space, that's what opens up space somewhere else. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, um, and it's, I think it's one of the hardest things to teach, uh, soccer players, um, or not teach, but like make them aware of, um, because if you look at a picture of a, of a game and you ask the player, what do you see? They're going to say, I see a ball. I see players. I see, um, the referee I see, but you, nobody really says I see space. open space. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, um, it's part of the cur- a curriculum that I'm running right now, the invisible game, um, one of the fundamental or the principal um, ideas is the idea that uh, the team who, who masters space better um, ha- can gain a competitive advantage for the 90 minutes. Um, and, and that to the player, essentially, if you translate it to them, like raw is forget about the ball. There's something more important to worry about. And how do you, how are you going to tell that to a soccer player that there's something that could potentially be more useful and valuable than the actual soccer ball. Um, so, so I, and, and, but as a coach, now that I see the game from the outside, I understand how valuable um, the, the mastery of, of space creating it and, and taking it away. Yeah. hundred percent. And that, you know, it's uh, you know, you bring up like um, uh, pictures, like showing showing a picture of like a, you know, still situation in a game. Um, and I think that like, um, just like a quick little tangent, like I love, um, like, like video analysis and like getting, you know, photos so players can look at that stuff because, you know, it's, it's just, uh, if you've ever played, you know, it's impossible to know what's going on. Um, I think I remember I, uh, I looked at like, a a study or something once and it was like, they were asking coaches after a game, like what happened in this situation? Um, and they had obviously filmed the game, um, and they had the coach kind of explain the situation and the coach was wrong about like 70% of the time, like they didn't even get 50%, you know, and that's the coach who's standing there watching the game and always, you know, not, not good, not so good for us, but like, you know, it's, uh, Obviously, you can get like a general idea yeah. from watching a game, uh, but being able to like talk about specific situations when you've just watched players play for 80 minutes or 90 minutes, depending on the level you're coaching at, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's incredibly tough. That's why yeah. I, like I'm a huge fan of of watching videos and stuff. I think that's like super under uh, something yeah. people don't do enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're so caught up with. um I got to be on the field. I got to train on the field. I got to be in the gym. And there's all these things that, that we do that we can f- see. Again, going back to this visible and invisible game, the visible game is, is your technique. Can you make the right run? Can you make a crisp pass? Um, and yes, all those are good. Um, but what does it look like when somebody's making a run? No matter how good your pass is, if the, if the defender's following him, that's when you got to make the decision. Is there space for me to put it there or did he create space to put it somewhere else? Um, and so is that ability that I think when you bring together the invisible game and the visible game, what we call it is infinite vision. Um, and so being able to put those two together, I think, takes the, the soccer player to a higher level because in the game, um, statistically, you only have the ball for about three minutes. And so everybody coaches the three minutes that what you do with the ball, but who's coaching those uh, 87 minutes without the ball, which become more important. So I guess my question would be if, if space um, is such a pivotal point to your style, how do you convince the players um, of, of controlling space? Or how do you, how do you almost sell them the idea that like, okay, the ball is important, but, but how do we, how do we, control space how, yeah how you- so yeah yeah for sure um so obviously you know like space is is only important in so much as like 
you know, we can use, use it to either keep the ball or, you know, move the ball forward into advanced positions, create opportunities to score, um, you know, whatever it is. So obviously space is very, very important. Um, but it, uh, you know, it'll be like, you know, I, I won't, I won't, uh, tell a player, um, you know, we wouldn't focus so much on the space and kind of be like tricking them a little bit to focus okay. on the space because that's how we're going to, you know, either keep the ball or, you know, move the ball forward or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, and then also what, when I think one of the, one of the toughest things, um, to kind of explain to a player is, um, is that their, their movement off the ball, even if they don't receive the ball might be incredibly important, right? Like we've all made a run, you know, like, uh, 50 yards or something, um, and been like, you know, sprinting as, as quickly as you can, uh, to get into a great position. And then your teammate doesn't pass you. And sometimes, you know, they, they play the other way and your, your team scores a goal and you're like, okay, you know, I made the run. And sometimes they just lose the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. and it like either way, it can be, uh, really, really rough. Um, but that those movements are still very, very important. Um, and, um, you know, like you just have to, uh, you know, explain to players that, um, you know, if you're opening up space, you're, you're doing your job. So one thing, like I talk about this a lot in, uh, when I do like two V twos, I'll often start with one V ones and build into two V twos. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's easier to win in my opinion, most of the time, if you're like in a tight space, it'll be easier to win a one V one than it will be to win a two V two as the attacking team. I would say most of the time, um, obviously you have that option to pass, but at the same time, the space gets smaller. There's another defender. Um, so what, what I do is, you know, just because you have the option to pass doesn't necessarily mean you should pass. Right. So you have the two V two, the, one of the attackers has pulled one defender far away, made a great run you have your 1v1. I want you to take that 1v1, right? And then if you lose the ball, it is it is what it is. So I think it's building like the the those kind of ideas from the small sided stuff. And once you do that, then you get into a bigger game and players are making mistakes and players are doing this and that. But you can like you can always um I had a coach who who told this to me once. Sorry, I know I'm going on a bit. Um, I had a a coach who told me uh, once that um, if I'm going to rate your performance out of 10, you should never get less than a five because you can always move off the ball. You can always create space for your teammates. You can always, you know, make runs forward. You can always track back to defend. Even if you lose the ball every time you get it, even if your touch is horrible, um, you know, every once in a while, maybe you have a game where you go below a five, but if you're fit, if you're healthy, you should always be able to do the off the ball stuff. That is very, very simple. And that's very, that's like half the game, maybe mm-hmm. even, you know, more than half the game, but yeah, you know. I think it's more than, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is, that's true. And I think, um, it's, it's, it has so much to do with the way that we deliver, um, the idea of space. I think even, like, let's go back to that two V two scenario. Um, mm. I think, I wish somebody would have when 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 we I did two v twos as a player. Nobody reminded me that this is a, a portion of the game that we're pulling out, and we're we're just working on this. So if you lose the ball, you probably have another eight players behind you, which removes the stress or removes the idea that oh man I lost the ball again. Oh man, and because of the two v two, your mind becomes more on, on on that micro and like I lost the ball and then the other uh it, your team you got scored on the two v two. And yeah. yes, in that in that drill, they score that goal. Um, but in the bigger picture, when you're doing two v twos, you're pro- you're most likely in the final third. And if that two v two doesn't work, you're not going to be punished um, as easily as you are in this drill that you're executing because you should have eight players that are going to help you. So it's almost like, how can we create a space in which we remind them, like, go go for that two v two? Because even if you lost and the other team scored we're going to have other practices in which we're going to worry about what is the structure that we need so that the players under you, if you're going to go and dribble 10 times and you lose eight, but you go, but you score two, 
that is the point of the game. That's what we're trying yeah. to create for Neymar, for Ronaldinho, for, you know, we're not expecting them to, to win 10 out of 10, right? Um, yeah. So I think that helps. And I think the other thing that's really difficult is I think it's an industry and, and it revolves around statistics and nobody is keeping track of um, who's getting the best spatial uh, master uh, <laughs> player in the world. You're getting the Ballon de Oro, um, which has to do with with assist, with goals, with with titles. With the defenders Messi. can't even get that award and, anymore. Yeah, so even <laughs> even defenders who do have stats um, can't get have a harder time. So imagine now we've created this entire world of of um, the visible game, which is with statistics and and the things that um, are pleasant to the eye. And so it undervalues when you, when a kid wants to go out and play, they want the ball, they want the assist. Or, or before the play before the assist, um, they want nothing to do with n- nothing that won't be maybe on the newspaper or or here in college, it would be like on the website the next day. So it makes it even harder for us to convince them of you actually, I guess, it makes it hard to, harder to convince them that it's a collective game um, and, and that the team that has um, a, a, a collective set of principles, whether it's, space, time, uh, even whether it's possession, defending, whatever, whatever you want to base your game on, if the collective is, is together in that, I think you have a higher chance of, of controlling the outcome of the game. Um, because if, if there was only one way, then Atletico Madrid wouldn't win La Liga. Um, yeah. against Barcelona and, and, and Real Madrid. Leicester City doesn't win that. that uh, um, and, and so I think we undervalue the ability to to be able to point out the invisible. Um, and yes, Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe and all of these players are exceptional, but I don't know that there's enough people talking about Kante. There's not enough people talking about Jorginho. There's not enough people talking about Rodri, um, which I think without these players, and it's clear, like without Kante, Chelsea has lost a, a lot of points. Um, without a, a good six or a good winger that stays on the line and doesn't touch the ball, um, the game doesn't actually happen. Um, but again, it's the industry. How do you sell jerseys? How do you sell the, when you watch a highlight on YouTube? You're watching the goals. You're watching the assists. You're not watching. Yeah, no one's watching the off the ball no, movement of the player. No, no, no one's watching that. Um, which is, is significantly without the off the ball movement, it doesn't happen. Like Messi, yeah. the reason why it's so hard for Messi to perform in in, in uh, Argentina versus Barcelona is that is the players the, around him. Yeah, Barcelona is a master at spatial spatial awareness. Argentina is more street, more where the ball is. That's where we are. And we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll beat you with my talent. So it becomes significantly more difficult to stand out. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's cultivated in a very um, unhealthy or individualistic manner from the big, from the highest of levels down mm. so that it makes it difficult for us who are working with young players who are only looking at, the highlights or or the best goals or even the best tackles because even the best tackles can also be misleading like maybe you didn't have to go and tackle him <laughs> um because maybe yeah. you left something open you know um and at the end of the game is a game is a game of opinions everybody has their own style everybody has their own values but but yeah so so i think space is is definitely one of the most important principles or undervalued principles in the game yeah i think like a good a good example would be um Werner right uh last year at Chelsea I thought like personally watching him play in games I thought he played very well the whole season and every every day I'd get on Instagram as another post oh what a flop you know what a horrible player or something um and like you know and I, I I literally just posted a video the other day about how I think that like people always ask me like the most important thing for like specific positions um and when someone asks me the most important thing for strikers um, literally every other video I've seen on like the most important thing for strikers, it's like have a killer instinct in the box, like be, yeah. you know, score a lot of goals. Um, and so, um, I say exactly the opposite. I say the most important thing, if you're an attacking player is to not judge your performance based on goals, because that is a very, very unhealthy way to go. Yeah. And it, it leads to like, one, it destroys your confidence if you go a couple games without. When when you were a player, what uh, position did you play? Uh, I play a lot in the middle and wing back. 
Okay. So, but number six, as a six, was was yeah. where I enjoyed them. Okay. So not not super, uh, not no pressure to score goals, but <laughs> no pressure to score goals unless I was playing pickup. Then yeah. it's, it's a smaller space, and I'm gonna try to kill you no matter. What. Yeah. Um, so I remember like, you know, once, uh, I, I had a, an incredible season, uh, when I was playing in England, I scored like, uh, you know, um, 20 something goals, um, uh, one, you know, I was top scorer, uh, uh, player of the year, won some awards. Um, and the next season, first 20 games of the season, I had four goals. Um, and I was like, you know, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is rough. Um, but looking back, I, I honestly think that I played better in those 20 games than I had played the previous season um, because, you know, and I, and I have like, you know, some videos I can watch and stuff too, yeah. but like, you know, I was giving like tons of assists. I was playing the same position. I just wasn't scoring. Uh, the yeah. goals weren't coming, but I was still playing incredibly well, creating, you know, opportunities for, for my teammates and stuff. I had way more assists than I had had the previous season. And that's yeah. just how it goes sometimes, yeah. you know, if, if the ball doesn't fall for you to take that chance, but you're yeah. still creating it for someone else. And the team's yeah. still scoring. You know, we were scoring like four goals every game. It, chances just weren't falling to me. You know, it, it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 The, the game, like, it's it's a collective game and, it, and it's gotten corrupted to individual um, moments. Um, and, and it's because we enjoy those individual moments. Um, yeah, because we and, watch and the highlights. We, we are, condi- like, as humans, we, we enjoy um, being uh, acknowledged. And so how more acknowledged can you be if than uh, scoring the goal or making the assist or the saving tackle? Um, and so we crave that. And so it's difficult to work against that. So I think it, for me, it's more like, how can I, I don't care if you scored top nine, uh, upper 90, I'm going to be yelling my lungs out at the player that stayed and didn't move and stayed on the sideline to create the space and let him know that it happened because of you. And then I'll go to the guy who scored upper 90. I'm like, yo, great shot. Or, but we all know he could do that because he did it. But it's like, how can I reinforce the fact that this wouldn't have happened had this player not made the run and the other one stayed tied to the touchline? And I think rewarding them, reward, and then showing them in clips. Like, this doesn't happen. if this, And then create, recreate or, or show them the moments in which this player that can score upper 90 couldn't score because there wasn't space and the space wasn't created because you guys weren't making the runs or because you weren't tied to the, to the, to the sideline. Um, you have, to, and now they, now they feel seen, they feel rewarded for yeah. what they did. And I think if you can tap into that human aspect that I want to be rewarded or, or seen or, or felt that I did something well, um, they'll, they'll detach a little bit from the goal. Yeah. I always make an effort to, um, I say well done to, you know, someone else or like sometimes it's multiple people like in the build up to a goal. Often it's multiple people, but, you know, not not even necessarily like the person giving the assist. But obviously that is that is sometimes it. Someone made a run. Someone made a pass. Someone won the ball back to start the attack. You know, I'll always, uh, you know, make an effort to say, you know, well done there because, you know, like, you know, and um, and at the same time. Right. Like um, it's uh, it feels it feels like scoring a goal is a, is a magical feeling like score. Like it just is. But, um, I think like, it's important. You need to like kind of share that magic with the rest of the team. Right. Cause you never score a goal. Well, there's, there are very few goals that you score all by yourself. You know, it, it happens sometimes, you know, uh, Messi scored that one crazy, uh, goal. Maradona had that incredible, incredible run. Even then, but even then, if there weren't other, players on the field making the runs All 11 yeah. players would have gone to Messi and Messi wouldn't have had done that Maradona yeah. would have done that so it's it's controlling the space as yeah. a team to create space for the players who are more gifted at coming out of situation than the smaller spaces so it's always yeah a space. yeah, yeah finding the right players to put in what spaces and then the team who does that better at the end of the day most likely wins yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's important to like, you know, the, the person who won the ball back who had, you know, who hasn't scored all season, but he won the ball back to create, to start that attack. Like, it's important that he feels like, you know, um, it happen without him. yeah, in that. And like my favorite um, celebrations are always when it's like the whole team the together, whole team. you know, <laughs> like I, it, it, it annoys me sometimes when like, you know, a player will score like, a tap it and they'll go they'll run to the corner flag and they'll be doing like flips yeah, yeah. and then stuff yeah, yeah. or like you know and it's like 
you know, you know, you can, I, I, I do get it. Cause it's a, it, it is a, you know, uh, I know that scoring goals is a wonderful feeling, but you know, you know, it's uh yeah, it, you score goals as a team. hundred percent. Um, did you, uh, come up with just like a quick little, uh, phrase or sentence, um, for your, uh, in possession yeah. philosophy? Yeah. Um, so actually, so before, before I, I, gave my my ideas on on how i like to approach it so i, I know you watched one of uh, my teams play uh, and yeah. so like i think coaches normally have this utopian uh approach to their style of play um but does it actually happen and so i guess i'm more curious as to like that day that you watch and i don't know how much you remember um but that day that you watched the game um what do you remember were expressions of of my team or our team um uh and and how would you describe that style um and then i, I can unpack what's in my brain with regards to how I go about possession or attacking? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that, um, the, uh, I, I mean, it really was a, a game of two halves. Right. Um, but at the, at the same time, um, I think that you probably had 70% possession in both halves, maybe, uh, you know, at least something like that, especially the first half. Um, yeah, so, half. you know, de- definitely, um, you know, controlled the game um i think the uh the movement was really good the like you know off the ball players always had options to pass to and they always had multiple options which is obviously really really important um because you know that allows them to you know make the best decision in each situation um and the ball was you know moving around very very quickly um i think like and then in in the second half um it was you know uh more the same i would say in the um, like in the, maybe the first two thirds of the field. And then in the last third of the field, players were taking uh, a little bit more risk sometimes, which obviously, you know, um, you talked about a little bit at halftime and then also like, um, you know, it, it was, it was still zero, zero. So at some point you need to start taking some more risks. Um, the, the one, the one thing that I, uh, would have said, like, obviously, you know, and it, it's not like that, that team that day was like perfectly embodying your, your idea of the game. Right. You know? Um, but, uh, I think that the, the, yeah, the, the one thing that I would say is I like, um, to, um, I think, you know, we, we probably have slightly different philosophies. Um, I, I like to play a little bit more, um, directly, um, yeah. and you know, I've got the Stoke city top on. So, yeah. um, so that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, knock the ball along and, and chase it. Um, but I do like to, um, you know, I don't know, take, uh, take a risk. Um, even if I don't know if it's going to, you know, pay off, I'll, you know, uh, encourage players to, you know, make a, make a forward thinking pass, even if it's like maybe 20% or 30% that it's going to go through, uh, you know, but if it does go through, maybe we create something off that, um, or, you know, maybe we just secure possession higher up in the field or even lose possession. But if we can, you know, pressure them and win it back in there, uh, in their third of the field. Um, so yeah, like, I, I like to play a little bit more um, directly at times. Um, and I think, um, yeah, that that's basically the only thing I'd say. But, yeah. you know, in possession, obviously you controlled the whole game um, and the movement off the ball was very good and the passing was, you know, really, really quick and nice and yeah. Uh, sharp. Yeah, and, and, and so I think we'll never create a scenario where your team plays exactly how you've imagined it. Yeah. Um, obviously you would, if you have the ball, you would like to end the game like city did against Leicester. I mean, yeah, true. Leeds, Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, and then it also depends on the personnel. Like, like what are your forwards? Like, what are you wing? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, but I think for me, for me, I, I, I have to see the game as a whole before I pick how we, uh, express this attacking and so I think for me is is if you ask me what is your style I would I would say it's, it's possession and I and I would call it possession to the, to the power of three um, and what uh-huh. I mean by that is um like I want to possess the space I want to possess the time and I want to possess the ball and so it's almost like a triangle if I can possess the space and the time 
then the ball will be part of this possession. Um, and, and so it, it's a matter of how do I create um, a structure or place them? It has more to do with positional play than it really does with possession off the ball um, and helping them understand where are their options. So every time the six has the ball, he should have at least five options. Yeah. Um, and if he knows that, then when he has the ball, he's more likely to not give it away. Um, and then um, how do we get the players to, to get the ball always facing forward as opposed to the midfielder coming to get the ball from the center back? And regardless of how good you are, if you go get the ball from the center back, you've eliminated no lines. Um, so how can we use our resources to get our players facing forward, which has to do with where we want to go? Um, and, and so stay, st sticking to, to space, um, sticking to time and sticking to the ball is the field is significantly bigger than than us um, at the highest level, and especially at, at, like that team that, that was playing that day, all sevens. Um, yeah. The field's way too big. For it. So it's like, how can we find a way to take advantage, make this thing that's bigger than us an actual um, uh, uh, advantage as opposed to, to a deficit? So use the crap out of it when we yeah. have the ball, and then when we don't have the ball, if we have been together. Um, then we can then we can limit. So we'll limit the same thing that we'll limit the space, we'll limit the time. Um, and at the end, it's to get the ball back. Um, and so it would be like uh, the, the right pass has less to do with how crisp it is. But was it to a player who had time and space? Yeah. Um, and, and then when you work from there, if every decision is based based out of that, then um, I think as you go up the field, those things start to decrease. So it's the same ideas, but you just have to execute those uh uh, principles a little bit quicker but it's still there it's still how do you create a, an inch of space take on the space and it has to be the player off the ball has to take the space and the player on the ball has to read where the space goes um and so i i think i try my best to, to bring those three to the table um every single training session and and i i try to tell them that we will have the ball but if we focus on the ball it's not going to happen. You have to focus on, on time and, and space. And, and, and I think going back to beyond the game, um, similar to our, our previous uh, uh, episode one, it, 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 for me is how can I simplify this so that they get it? And for example, like going to, to a different space, I don't know, let's say you're a cook um, and you're going to cook Christmas dinner and uh, you have a whole week and you have the entire kitchen to yourself. Um, you're very likely to, to cook a hell of a meal. Um, but um, what would it be like if you decrease the time and the space? You have five people cooking with you in the same kitchen and it goes from you have a week to you have two hours to cook the same meal, right? Um, and so the moment you, you decrease that, um, your output is going to be uh, not as good as you can. Um, so if, if I know that my teammate needs more space and more time, my job is to create that for him. And so now yeah. I'm rewarding the team by all these things that I do um, so that they can create the perfect meal. Um, yeah. and, and so many times I think we do the opposite. Um, I, I want to go and create the perfect meal with the ball as opposed to what it would, what would it look like if you just told somebody like, hey, I'm cooking an amazing meal. Can you come and cook in three hours? Because I need this space um, yeah. to, to be able to put this, this uh, rice here and this stuff here. So so it, it goes back to beyond the game. It's, it's a human um, uh, quality. Or it's, a, it's a human almost condition to you need time and you need space. I don't, you can call a ball what it could be the ball. It could be the goal, it could, but you need time and space for this too. So yeah. if I can convince you that it has to do with your everyday, if you're going to take a, an exam, if you take an exam with 20 people like next to you and you have um, 30 minutes to, to finish the exam versus you're taking it by yourself and you can take the entire day, yeah. it changes everything. Um, yeah, so, so going, going into those characteristics of beyond the game and then re um uh what's the word that, that i'm looking for um deconstructing it outside of soccer reconstructing it in soccer and then it it starts to click a little bit more in their mind so um so yeah i think those are pivots and i guess i guess the last thing I, I guess talking about the the uh the city uh leads game i don't know if you if you got a chance to watch yeah it. yeah um and i think leads has one of the best coaches in, in the world um and i love him yeah and, and so i think that going back to uh space time and uh the ball i think leads normally does an outstanding time of decreasing the amount of uh 
time a player has to make a decision. So they'll yeah, go I mean, one they, one. Yeah, they took Chelsea to like 90 minutes or something, you yes. know, before losing. Yes. Uh, like literally like what, four days before or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so and so I think they're they were exceptional at decreasing the time for the opponent. But they go on a 1v1 type basis. So, like, this guy's going to get this guy and you'll follow him. I think what City does did better was not only were they able to decrease Leeds' time on the ball, but they were able to possess space in the point where, like, Rodri was making a, a, a bunch of runs forward that he didn't use to simply because they were going to follow him and there was going to be space somewhere else. So, I think yeah. although Leeds is, was able to decrease time to the players, City was able to increase space elsewhere in the field which gave them the ball they had control space they had control time they had the ball um which is two similar coaches obviously the budgets are different level yeah Um, but but last year i think city didn't do that i think city um almost gave into that one on one all over the field and city was had a very hard time with leads um so i I guess that just to say i guess for me is is space and time and the ball um if you pick only a couple of those, it's like a table. And um, if, if you if you only pick space or time, um, if the triangle and the ball is at the top, and, and you remove either the space or the time, I think it's gonna it's gonna collapse. Um, yeah. So you need those those two, which again go back to the invisible game. How do you look at? How do you find time? <laughs> yeah. Um, and how do you see the space when you want to see the ball? Um, so yeah. So I think I think that's that's what I what I try my to do with my players um, on the on the ball. And the opposite would probably we'll get into other episodes. Of what does it look like? Um, yeah. The ball, but um, but yeah, and and I, there's this there's this um, saying that like um, coaches normally say you got to read the game better. You got to read the game better. Um, or even like in life, like when you go into a room, like you got to read the room and be able to act upon read the room. And and so I think for me, it's it's if you're reading the game, um, somebody else is writing it. And and uh-huh. so I, I want my team to write the game for as long as I possible. love that. Um, as opposed to being the reader, the reactive, um, the writer is the creative. And if you see somebody reading a book, you don't see the writer. You see the book, you see the reader. But what does it look like to be the writer of, of the game? You know, so I guess that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I, lo- I love that you, uh, you know, um, talk, like talk about like, different things not it's not just about possessing the ball um because like one of the things like i any team i've ever coached will tell you this like the thing i hate more than anything else are passes that don't accomplish anything so like you should never pass the ball if like the teammate that you're passing to isn't in a better position than you that doesn't mean they're further forward than you right Mm -hmm. like if you're under a lot of pressure and you're probably going to lose the ball if you keep it like you can pass the ball backwards because they yeah. have space and time. Right. But like, you should never like, I hate it when like, um, you know, and this ha- happens sometimes. And like, um, it, if you're just like waiting for more movement off the ball, okay. But like when center backs like stand next to each other and just pass the ball back and forth, oh you know, it's God, like, dude. like, like, or you go, you go from, take- <laughs> you go from fullback to center back to center back, back and just back oh. and forth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at some point, take a little bit of initiative, right? Like be the, be the writer of the game. Like a center back can take their space. If they have space in front of them, drive forward, pull, pull an attacker to you. You don't need to take the one V one. You're probably not going to take the one V one in that situation. But as long as you pull that attacker to you, then how much space does that open up for your, you know, defensive midfielder? That's a huge, that's a huge point. That's a huge point for players because especially for players building out of the back, um, because, we're talking about the creation of, of space and time. But uh, if you have the ball, sometimes you have to, as the center back, you yourself decrease the space and time for yourself. Drive, 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 drive. So that somebody's coming to you. And the moment that you're they're decreasing your space in your time, there's time being increased and space being increased elsewhere. Now the, now the dilemma is how do we get that ball there? Um, because then if you if your space and time is being decreased, then you start to panic, and that's when you do oh, let me play the goalie. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just creating a, a platform of like how do I know that the center back's only dribbling to create space somewhere else, as yeah. opposed to like he's dribbling, is he gonna get out of it? No, like to create and then together, how do we find uh almost bumpers to get that ball bounced into that space and somebody knows that we went to that space? But I think center backs just feel that we got to know how to build up and we got to break lines. And like, if everybody is covered, 
you got to drive, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you got to drive, you know? Um, and, and I think that's, that's a huge part of, of, of sometimes you have to decrease your time and space to create it somewhere else on the field. But the problem yeah. is if the team as a whole is not in that same um, mentality, they're going to think he's just dribbling. So let me just yeah. let him do his thing. So everybody yeah. has to know, oh, I know where he's going. Yeah. He's creating space somewhere else. Let's anticipate that. I, t- I tell my players, like, the team that lives in the future for longer in, in these 90 minutes is, is more likely going to control. Um, yeah. So- hundred percent. Like I, like, obviously, you know, uh, I said like create space, take space. Like you, like you can create space in so many different ways. You can move off the ball, you can dribble, you can pass. Um, and you know, to be honest, most of the time we are passing. Um, but like if the thing that I shout at my teams more than anything else is drive, because I feel like, you know, that, like, that's one of the biggest things, like, uh, uh, like I want to see players taking initiative. I want to see them like if you have space in front of you and you don't have a really good option to pass, like at some point you need to take that space because if you don't take that space, like no one's coming towards you. You're, you're just going to like stand there or something. No, like you have to you have to take that space. And, you know, the create space, take space. That's like infinite. You know, it's create space, take space, create space, take space. Um, like it once you take that space then that's what's creating the space for other people to move and receive the ball. And then you get rid of it and, you know, you either stay or you make your run forward or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about um, a little bit about um, uh, each, each of our, uh, you know, philosophies uh, just quickly, we've already touched on it a bit, but like, you know, how, how do we do these um, like, how do we encourage um this stuff like in, in training sessions. So I'll just, I'll, I'll quickly go first. Um, yeah. because like, obviously, you know, uh, this, there's just so many different things I do. Like the small sided games are huge. I think like, honestly, if, if I were to say one thing will make like an athlete better, it's playing yeah. small sided games, like one, one million percent. Um, I'll also say like, I see a lot of coaches do a lot of attacking overloads. So like two V ones, three V twos. Now I'm not going to say I never do these, but I try to balance them out. So instead of doing like, Oh, we're doing attacking overloads today, I'll mix it together. So I'll do like, you know, one V ones into two V ones into two V twos into uh, three V twos into three V threes or something so that you get like attacking overloads while also doing like like just even, uh, even numbers. Um, because I think that if you, if all of your attacking play, or if a lot of your attacking play is like focused on attacking overloads, um, it's not very realistic because like how many, how many times in games do we actually have like actual attacking overloads, like, you know, three V twos and stuff when we're attacking, like it's almost always even numbers, even, even numbers, I think is like, um, sometimes sometimes it can be rare right um so i think that like um it's important to know how to attack when you have more players but i think it's all like i think you also need to um you know put in those like 2v2s and 3v3s uh because when you do that then the athletes realize oh i need to be a little bit more creative in this situation i need to like think a little bit more i need to be a little bit more creative maybe i do need to take that 1v1 or you know maybe i do need to add in a little bit more disguise rather than just like in a 2v1 it's simple like drive yeah. at the defender and pass you know mm-hmm. or yeah. or go if if you have the space to take so yeah that's just one thing i bring up yeah um i think with regards to if we're speaking specifically uh in the attacking side, in the attacking side of the game, um, I keep it as simple as every single time a player has the ball, he needs an option to his right and to his left. And now you can call it an underlap, you can call it an overlap, you can call it whatever it is. But if if there isn't an option to his right and to his left, you're decreasing the amount of um, you're you're increasing the amount of attention that this player has on the ball. Um, and so just thinking about if I have a player here and here, their other team has to worry about that. And that's when we create that one V one at minimum um, so that other players can come defend me because I just, I'll just play to the right or I'll just play to the left. Um, and so any, any attacking drill that I do is, is 
every time that you pass the ball, if you're, let's say you're the number 10, you have the ball, you play your, your number 11. Um, you got to go, you got to underlap or you got to overlap, but just watching him is, is not going to help him. If, if, if you underlap and they follow you, then that number play, that player drives into the middle and dribbles and maybe shoots. If, if they don't follow you, then it's an underlap, put you into, into the half space and then go. Um, but, but there has to be. And then if once that number 11 plays it to somebody else, find a way that the player on the ball has a player to his right and to his left. And I think those are practical things. And, and even just like, even um, if you're watching soccer, just paying attention, like, okay, how many times does every single player have a, in the attacking side of the game, um, how many times does the player have an option to his right and to his left when he's when he or she is, is facing forward? Um, but yeah, I think um, I like, I like, I like to just give them those two practical things um, so that it increases like constant movement. Um, and um, I think it, it touches on the creation of space regardless, because whether you're going to get the ball, if you become, if you go to his right or to his left, that's not the point. Um, you maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you're creating that situation. Maybe I'll fool you. I'll say like, you know, this specific drill, we're going to play him the ball every single time. Um, and then two minutes later, like we're not going to give him the ball, but the repetition is, is going into there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, have, make sure that the player on the ball has a, uh, an option to his right and to his left going forward. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I, I really like uh, to, to do, cause obviously I like, uh, you know, playing very directly where, where possible. Um, I've, uh, I've done a lot of uh, borrowed from, uh, from Tuchel, uh, you know, cutting the, uh, corners off the off the oh, field the diamond, so the diamond playing field. diamonds yeah i play small-sided games with uh honestly i play uh like for actual like for very small-sided games so 3v3s and and 4v4s sure. and stuff i i often play uh play with it with a diamond which i i've i i, th I found um you know super super enjoyable yeah i i, I like well, doing so, that a lot. so i guess just a question i, I know we're we don't have a lot of time but um so so why um why is there why do you have a preference for for going um for being a little bit more direct um because Exciting, i think more, yeah i mean i think like it'll it'll probably depend on the on the team that i'm uh working with so if a team is very uh so i've worked with teams before that like uh just give the ball away every time they get it because they think that the only option is to go forward yeah. um and obviously you know that's not a good thing um but I think that, um, you know, with, with some of the teams I've been working with more recently, I think that, um, you know, they maybe have a tendency to not want to go forward and be, be comfortable just keeping the ball. Uh, and I really want to force them to, you know, drive yeah. into the space, take the space, play directly. Um, so I guess it, it really does depend on the team that I'm working with and what, and what they kind of need. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, obviously if you, if you can play direct, then you should play direct, making them play direct. Like, uh, so like doing things like, like forcing them to play direct, like playing with the diamond, I think is harder. It's harder to yeah. keep the ball than it is if the field was a square, because like at the back, you, you have like, you can just put players either side and pass the ball back and forth and you'll probably keep it. Yeah. Um, so I think playing with the diamond makes things more difficult, um, because you're forced to play directly. Um, so like, I'd rather have them be forced to play directly and then they can figure it out as they go than have the option of just keeping the ball and, and being nice and comfortable. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it depends on yeah, the team yeah, the that I'm working I think, with. I don't know that there's a, to be honest, I don't know that there's a, a direct or indirect style or possession, not possession. I think once the team learns how to problem solve, at the end of the game, you got to score more goals than the opponent. Yeah. So when you when you find the right answer to go forward, um, and you find that space, you take it and you go for it. And and I just think if you look at City, for example, like uh, last year against PSG, I think in the semifinal, um, Ederson to to Chinchenko, like yeah. City, the team that has the ball. But I think it it has less to do with necessarily like direct or indirect. It's just taking advantage of spaces. Yeah. yeah. Space was there. Because they were present, I go there, um, and and that was just the right answer for that given scenario. City being one of the teams that will have the ball for longest, so I I, I think is taking advantage of spaces is 
it, sometimes it will mean um, keeping the ball. Sometimes it will mean cutting you on the, in the throat with a counterattack. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I tried to, to, to desensitize my players from, from uh, uh, when I say possession, it meaning you have the ball for a long time. Um, and when somebody says, oh, that's a direct team, I'm like, no, that's just a team that is very good at controlling spaces and taking advantage yeah. of spaces. Um, because I think it very, I think Chelsea does a really good job of having yeah. the ball and then playing with against the city and the Champions League. They had less of the ball, but they control the spaces better. Um, yeah, I had yeah. a. I had a teammate once who we were, we were kind of like talking about this stuff and he was like, you know, is this not, there's not like playing aggressively or like, like he meant like aggressive, like with possession. Um, so like uh, it was in, uh, in Greek. So I, I don't know exactly how to translate it, but like, it was like, there's not like playing aggressive and playing like passive uh, with the ball. There's playing well and playing poorly because if you can, if you can take the space, if you can, you know, drive forward and create an attacking opportunity, obviously you're supposed to do that. You're not supposed to just keep the ball. Yeah. Like if you have the opportunity to, you know, uh, move the ball forward or you have the opportunity to move the ball backwards, yeah. like obviously some situations are a little bit different. Maybe it's not a good forward pass, but like if both of your teammates have time and space and you can pass forward or backwards, you're probably going to pass forwards, right? That's yeah, probably the better decision. And I guess, yeah, it's, it's, there's no equation either. Um, it, it's very depending on the, the players that you have. And like, if you're winning by three, like, like why, yeah. why do you necessarily need to continue? If defending actually the highest level of defending is the other team not having the ball yeah um, so so we're not we're not necessarily possessing for no reason like no there is a reason we're possessing to defend you know um and um but then if you're if you're down like it doesn't losing or it's zero zero or something yeah, yeah. It sense to defend to possess or yeah to possess to defend um so yeah i think i think it has more to do like what your friend was saying like um playing well or playing poorly it has more to do yeah the, the decisions are, that we're making with this given amount of time yeah. in this given situation with these given resources with this coach with this team how yeah. i feel the game um and the the beautiful part about it is that there's no there's absolutely no wrong answer yeah um all right so la last last question before we go um apart from rondos do you spend a lot of time in your sessions doing uh, possession games that aren't directional? Apart from rondos, do I spend a lot of time doing... So, like, literally just, like, two teams just keep the ball? No. no. Actually, okay. I, actually, I've decreased... I've decreased rondos um, a good amount. Um, I've... I've I've turned it more into instead of rondos, then maybe small I'll small sided games or yeah, I'll do a, a two v two plus two, um, or a, or a three v three plus three, um, which is the same thing as a rondo. There's two team, there's two players that don't have. The oh, ball. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's two, um, but like there's goals, there's goals. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically a rondo in a rectangle with two goals, um, because I. I I think the game, you got to follow the rules of the game. Um, yeah. The rules of the game say you got to go in one direction. Um, and if you go back is because I'm bringing you here because I'm creating space back there because I'm going to yeah. go kill you over there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, rondos. And it's not that I have anything against rondos. I, if, you're doing, if you're doing it just to keep the ball, I think there's so many things that you can fix. Like rondos without um, heel passes, for example. That's something I like to do because – it creates similar to the to the diamond idea that you're talking about it, it it your body shape has to be very very good so that every time you get the ball you're opened up as opposed to resorting to a little uh behind behind your heel um mm -hmm. so i'll say we're playing rondos but you can't do a heel pass and there's so many players that re res, uh resort to heel passes in a rondo um but it, it's what do you want to teach in that session is the bigger picture Mm -hmm. And then go from there, adjust the, adjust the drill. Because um, with rondos, you can teach breaking lines. With rondos, you can teach defending, press and cover. With rondos, um, if you put a player inside of the middle of the rondo, you can work on the bumper or on the six. Um, so I guess it's more of what do you want to teach that in that session? Um, and remember the rules of the game. 
and pick a style that that you want to you met you envision and you want to see um yeah you're free to do that too like there's no right yeah. or wrong yeah i i remember like as a player spending so much time in in possession games where we weren't going anywhere and just like thinking so often like this is so pointless like what am i even doing um yeah. and like you know obviously you know i uh it's not like i just like didn't play or something but like uh i, I always make my possession games like directional like i always like either playing to end zones or uh playing playing somewhere like you have to have like it's not it's not about keeping the ball it's about keeping the ball to get somewhere yeah. right because that's what yeah. you do in a game you're trying to get to the goal right yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're trying yeah. to open up a, a shooting opportunity or whatever yeah. it is yeah. um yeah and i think i think it's a that's such a i see so many drills yeah um possession without uh direction um and that, and so i guess my my point is like if you are going to do that make sure you're you're hitting upon what it is that you're getting out of this that translates yeah to so like in, in a rondo um a lot of the players might like i'll play the player next to me um and because it's the, it's the quickest pass but if the player not next but above um is open then why don't i just play him because now the player that's next to me is going to get the ball facing forward so now yeah. we're working on third man inside of the rondo and third man will help me problem solve in the bigger picture but if i just if i don't point that out and how that translates to the bigger picture then the rondo just becomes monkey in the middle keep keep the ball yeah and it's and it's like and that's kind of teaching them the wrong thing because like in a rondo say you're like playing to just get 20 passes like it's a safer option to play right next to you so yeah, why yeah, not yeah, just yeah. play so right next to you but like yeah. but like in a game if you have that option to play through you yeah. should obviously play through so yeah like e it can even like creep into into rondos um a little bit but yeah i just like you know as like um you know why my my little you know quote was like didn't have anything to do with with uh with keeping the ball because like obviously in yours you know you talked about possession but it's not just possession of the ball it's um yeah you I know it's it's not enough becomes, yeah. yeah it becomes an outcome of possession of time and space yeah it's not about like having the ball it's about like what what can you do when your team has the ball right like you know it's uh yeah, and I yeah. and I've yeah, and I've, I got into moments where like, does the ball actually matter? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, no, it does. And, and then I got to go think back. Okay, when I play, when I when I went to the street to play with my friends, I was never going thinking I can't wait to go and defend. I can't go wait. Like, no, <laughs> I can't wait until to to make that run off the ball that opens yeah, up space for that other player to score. <laughs> yeah, there's a magical moment for the soccer player to hit the ball. Um, and so is the way that that. I, I, I fell in love with the game. Um, um, and now I know that there is, there is, um, there's some principles in order for, for my team and myself to have the ball longer um, that are a bit more important than the ball, but with the intention that knowing that what drove me to the, to the, to the street to play soccer was, was to have the ball. And now that I almost have some sort of, um, uh, so now that I have principles as to how can I have the ball longer and, and go score on you, then I'm going to use those principles, but I got to make sure that they see that the principles are the reasons why we can have the ball. So, yeah. And I think like the, like all this stuff, we're not saying it to like, take, it's not like to take the magic out of the game, right? Like okay. all of this stuff off no. of the ball is to allow so players to have that <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like to have that magical moment of that, you know, first touch when the ball comes to you to have the ball at your feet or a score or something, but it's important to like, like you, everyone has to do that. Yeah. And that magical moment, it's a like, yeah, it's not so much an individual moment as it is like a, a team moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I showed, I showed my, um, my players in the curriculum, a picture of Neymar. Um, I know we're running short on time. Um, a picture of Neymar doing a rainbow. Um, and so we're talking about plain simple. And so like, I was, I was like, put in the chat, is, is this simple or not simple? Um, and so obviously everybody said it's not simple. Um, but in that same picture, Verati was behind them. And so it was actually the highest level of plain simple. We just choose to look at Neymar, but Verati yeah. was embodying, I'm going to be, if anything, if he loses the ball, I'm here to win it back and give it to him again so he can go dribble again. Because 
Neymar's highest level of simplicity is is dribbling. Um, and and so it's more of creating. Uh, Playing simple is more of an attitude rather than an action. Um, playing simple has more to do, am I okay with him dribbling or am I going to get mad because he's dribbling and he's going to lose the ball, right? And so it's just that attitude that I take. I'm going to cover him because when I go dribble, I hope somebody covers me. Now you have a conversation when somebody doesn't, when somebody gets mad at you for dribbling, yo, I covered you. I helped you play your simple by playing my simple. Can we play like simple together, which may mean creative. So I think the simplest style actually uh, with the right principles increases the ability to be as fancy as you want or as creative yeah. as you want, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you need structure. I think when you say I, people, when people, some people tell you, you got to think outside the box Well, you need a box first. In yeah. order to think outside of it, you know? <laughs> we, I'm, we're building the box so we can think outside the box. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I think that's where we'll leave uh, this uh, this episode um, of the Infinite Improvement Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Um, I'll put links to our social media uh, in the uh, in the description. Uh, and yeah, peace. That was good, man. It's always good to, to converse with you, brother. All right. Awesome.